Well, aloha from Maui, Hawaii. It's Michael Benner with this week's Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. This is the free forum, which is heard live and also available as replay on demand, streaming, and podcast as well from the iTunes Store and most major podcast directories, too. Nice to be with you today. Thanks for being with us, whether live or through the miracle of digital recording technology. It's nice to uh, to know that you're following along in our six-part series we call the FLY program, FLY for Feeling Like Yourself. And today, July 1st of 2012, we're going to do number four in this six-part series. Number four is problem-solving. Actually, four and five go together. Next week, we're going to talk about decision-making in the same context. So problem-solving, decision-making, and we're moving from the emotional centers, which we talked about in the last three weeks, to the mental nature now. The six parts of the FLY program, the first three are about emotional intelligence, then four and five about mental intelligence in terms of problem solving and decision making. And then a couple of weeks from today, we'll wrap it up. Number six will be about peak performance. And I'll talk a little bit about sports psychology, also accelerated learning in an academic or scholastic sense. And I'm going to touch also on accelerated healing and pain control and categorize all of those under peak performance. Sports psychology, accelerated learning, and accelerated healing and pain control. From the mind's point of view... <laughs> They're all pretty much the same thing. But today, problem solving. And next week, decision making. What's the difference between problem solving and decision making? Well, really, these represent the only two kinds of problems that anybody ever has. And this is the revolutionary premise that we're going to introduce to you today which is the idea that you only ever have two kinds of problems, one or the other. And wouldn't that make problem solving a whole lot easier if you knew there was only two kinds of problems? This is a model or a paradigm that is rarely discussed. Einstein has made a reference to it. A few other philosophers and scientists have a sense of what we're talking about today. But by and large, this is a revolutionary concept. Not too many people approach problem solving in the way I'm going to propose to you today. It may not be the only approach to solving problems. And if you have a, another model or an additional model, I'm not suggesting you throw it away or cast it aside and only use this particular approach, consider what I'm offering you today and next week as, oh, how about another tool for the toolkit, an approach that if other means to solving problems don't work, that you could always whip out and apply and 
see what you get from it. It certainly works for me. I tell you, this all goes back to a revelation I had about 25 or 30 years ago when facing a problem, as we do, we are, it could be argued, problem-solving agents. And the fact that most of our problems are matters of perception, that we bring them on ourselves, uh, promote and prolong our problems by our well, just the way in which we view them, and often our belief that results in a lot of self-torment, that we have to take extraordinary action to solve problems. Often, problems end up solving themselves, but it doesn't seem to deter us much. In the future, faced with the frustration of this problem or that problem that we refuse to accept— and wish to change, we torment ourselves all over again, often unable to really do very much at all about the problem, and then lo and behold, it solves itself. Or as people like to say, things just work themselves out. And we repeat that process again and again and again and again. But when philosophy offers a concept like acceptance— People tend to misunderstand what that means, especially in the West. European and American civilizations hear acceptance as the end of things. You might as well give up, might as well throw in the towel and just accept that you have this problem and there is no solution. You have no control. There's really nothing you can do about it, as if that's the only meaning of acceptance. Actually, in philosophy, acceptance is a place to begin, not a place to end. And we have a big problem getting started, taking the first step at the very beginning, because we refuse to accept the reality of the situation we're in, take an honest look at where we can influence the situation, and then an even more honest (laughs) appraisal and degree of acceptance about the limits of our power. What can we not do? And Americans, again, Europeans, Western civilization, we like to think of ourselves as the can-do people, you know, put a man on the moon and and, um, all of the inventions and problems we've solved – We often overlook the number of problems that we then create. Uh, As a result of solving other problems, we create new problems. But acceptance, I want you to consider as the place you begin, not the place you end. You accept the situation. You accept the limits of your power. It's like that affirmation or prayer that's used in the 12-step program about Uh, having the courage to change what you can, the serenity to accept what you cannot change, and then the wisdom to know the difference between what you can change and what you must accept, and then accept that whole situation. But to go to this revelation that I had 25 or 30 years ago, faced with a problem I thought I had to fix and change, 
that I was having a problem accepting and discerning the limits of my power, because nobody would really ever taught me to think this way, I suddenly realized that I was asking myself the wrong question. And this is the cornerstone of today's program, really this week and next week, this session four and five of this six-part series. I was asking myself, what'll I do? What should I do about this problem? If somebody else happened by, I might say, hey, what do you think I should do? Or in some situations, well, what do you want me to do about it? I don't know what to do. And it was always about what do I do? What should I do? What should I do? What do you want me to do about it? I don't know what to do. Hey, Joe, what do you think I should do? To do, to do. It's the wrong question. I think we learned this in school, but it's the wrong question. How could you possibly know what to do? This is a question about how to get to a particular result if you have not yet determined what that result or desired outcome is. If you have no destination, how could you possibly determine which direction to move in? Now, this is really counterintuitive to most people. I've actually had people say to me, Michael, are you telling me that in order to solve a problem, you must first have the answer? Well, yeah, for at least one kind of problem, you need to know what you want, not what to do. And so the question we need to learn to ask when facing a problem Instead of, what'll I do? What should I do? What do you think I should do? Well, what do you want me to do about it? Is, do I know what I want? And the answer to that question, do I know what I want, determines which of the two kinds of problems you have. For if you do know what you want, then the problem, obviously, is how to get it or how to get there or how to make it happen, the means to the end, the road, the path, the via. Okay, I know what I want. Now, how do I get there? That's the first kind of problem. That's the one we're going to focus on today here in the free forum and more deeply and more uh, completely in the premium training that follows in a few minutes. And if the answer to the question, do I know what I want, is no, I don't, in fact, the solution might be right in front of me, and if I don't recognize it as such, the problem is the failure to recognize that the solution is right here. It's not that I don't have it, but I, I, I don't know what I want. I, I don't know the answer. I don't know the solution or the re-solution, the resolution. I don't have a goal or a desired outcome in mind, and so... That problem requires a decision to be made, and we'll talk about that next week in lesson number five, decision-making. So these are the only two kinds of problems you could possibly have. Really, any problem has to fit into this model, this 
paradigm of either I know what I want but not how to get it or I don't even know what I want. I wouldn't recognize it if it was right here in front of me. Now, few people, as I say, are conversant with this model. One of the few people that I've ever seen who has written or spoken eloquently about this is Stephen Covey, who wrote a book in the late 80s called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And one of the habits of highly effective people, according to Stephen Covey, is to begin with the end in mind. Now, I really like that phrase, to begin with the end in mind, means the same thing we're talking about today, that you've got to know what you want before you could move toward it. We're asking the wrong question, what do I do? What do you do about what? Well, I don't know about what. Well, what do you want? Well, I don't know. Well, then how <laughs> Then how could you possibly know what to do about it? And yet people lead, you know, they, they live their entire lives stymied, walking around facing every problem with the same approach, an ineffective approach. What will I do? I wish I knew what to do. I don't know what I, what I should do. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know the right thing to do. Tell me, what's the right thing to do? What do you think I should do? I think what you should do is stop asking what to do and ask a much more important question necessary if you're going to begin with the end in mind, and that's, do I know what I want? So if you get nothing else from class today, this is where you begin. This is the most important part. Every time you catch yourself faced with a problem, and asking yourself over and over, what will I do? I wish I knew what to do. Now what do I do? Remember this class and remember that you learned to replace that question with, wait a minute, hold on. First of all, do I know what I want? If the answer is yes, then make it so. As Captain Picard would say in Star Trek II, Larry the Cable Guy says, get her done, right? Nike says, do it. Nothing to it but to do it, provided that you know what you want. We're going to talk about that today. And then next week, decision-making, well, what if the answer to the question is no, I don't know the solution, the resolution, the answer, the fix. I really don't know what I want. Or maybe I know some parts of it, like I need a new car, but not only can I not really afford a new car, I don't know what kind of car I want. Do I want a sports car? Do I want a sedan? Do I want an SUV? Do I want a pickup truck? Do I want the red one, the blue one, the green one? Do I want this option? Do I want that feature? And we don't know. So how are you going to move toward an outcome that is unknown? If you're in the middle of the circle, the best you can do if you don't know what you want is to move away from what you do not want. And this is what passes as goal setting for most people. And it's tragic. 
moving away from what you don't want, trying to avoid failure, is not goal-setting or problem-solving. In fact, when you look at what you're trying to avoid, you end up attracting it. This is the law of attraction. This is one of the most fundamental laws of mind is its magnetic nature. And you go where you look and and you get what you expect and you reap what you sow and what goes around comes around. So when you look at the very thing you're trying to avoid, you tend to move right at it. Although I'll admit in an emergency, again, if you're in the center of the circle, you have no goal, you have no sense of direction, to just get off dead center and jump in any direction might be a pretty, a pretty good first step. But as soon as possible, you need to reorient yourself, obviously, to a particular direction based on where on the circle around me do I want to head. I need a result. I need a desired outcome. And that will help me to determine direction. Now, as I approach that desired outcome, I can modify it. I can change it. I can change my direction. We are not bullets once fired that cannot be recalled. Instead, with a human being, it's ready, aim, fire, aim, 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 aim. Have you ever heard that? It comes up a lot in personal development seminars and such. It's a very important concept. It's basically Maxwell Maltz in the 1940s called it psycho-cybernetics. Like a heat-seeking missile, we can modify our behavior. We can re-aim after we've fired, right? Ready, aim, fire, aim, aim, aim. Keep that in mind. But we need to have an answer first. And this runs contrary to what we were taught in school. I mean, this is really where we got mixed up. We were taught in school incorrectly, for the most part, that number one, there's only one right answer, which is not true. In the real world, there are many right answers. We were taught that the answer was more important than how you arrived at the answer. Okay, And we were also taught, thirdly, that if you knew the answer, the problem was solved. Well, none of these things are true. Not only are there multiple right answers, but how you get there is as important and in some cases more important than simply what is the answer. And there are many problems where we know the answer, but it's not yet solved because we're not sure how to get there, get it, or make it happen. So these are three misconceptions, very big, shall I call them lies, that we were taught in school. All right, Forgive the teachers. They didn't know any better. Uh, they got 35, 40 kids in the classroom. It's pretty hard to sit down and explain this stuff. But somewhere along the way, we should have been exposed to critical thinking, creative thinking, uh, and a level of intelligence that would allow us to face these concepts, to address these three misconceptions. That there's only, Let's review them again. You may want to write these down. This is important stuff. That there's only one right answer, 
that the answer is more important than how you got there, and that once you know the answer, the problem is solved. These are faults. These basic premises, premises, premisi, <laughs> are not true. They can be true in some situations, but they're not always true and not universally true. There is often more than one right answer. How you get to the answer is at least as important as the answer, sometimes more so. And we have lots of problems where we know what we want. We know the solution. Hey, I got the answer, but I don't know how to make it happen. It's a very common type of problem that we're going to talk about today. Next week, what if I don't know the answer? That's the other kind of problem. What if I've already got the solution, but I don't recognize it? Well, I mean, <laughs> what will I do then? We're going to talk next week about decision-making, about creative thinking, about developing your intuition and learning to create a state of mind where you can trust your first impression. We'll also talk about the difference between instinct and intuition. Intuition is not a gut feeling. Instinct is a gut feeling. It's fear-based. It's of our animal nature. That's herd instinct. That's the gut feeling. Okay, George Bush talked a lot about having the uh, gut feeling as if he was being intuitive. He was reacting to fear. That's the gut instinct. But intuition is love-based. It's enlightened it's not running from the dark. It's moving toward the light. And you can feel it higher in the body, more toward the heart. Intuition is very different from instinct. And we'll talk about that along with critical thinking and creativity in our decision-making session next week for those problems where we have no idea what we want or we're not sure. But today, okay, I've got the problem where I do know what I want, but the problem is the means to the end, the strategy, the tactic, the, the path, uh, the, the method. How do I get to, okay, I, my car is breaking down. I need a new car. I have no money. Or uh, I get a little bit of money, but I have no credit. Or I don't like any of the cars on the road, or I could buy a new car, but I can't afford the insurance, and then there'd be no money left for gasoline. So what do I do then? This is just an example of the way any problem can manifest. All right. But remember, the cornerstone here, the wedge issue, is stop asking yourself, what'll I do what should I do? What do you think I should do? Any of that to do, to do stuff when faced with a problem. And instead, replace the question with, do I know what I want? If the answer is, yeah, I do, then go get her done. Do it, as Nike says. Make it so. How do you do that? What about affirmations and positive thinking? What is can-do thinking? That's what we're going to talk about in today's premium training 
And you can enroll for that if you haven't already at theagelesswisdom.com. Even several days after class, it'll be available as replay on demand. And you can enroll for a single class or a quarter, a 13-week term, or a full year and get a deeper discount in each situation. But we'll talk about, what. well, okay, let's say I do know what to do. It's still a problem. I do know what I want. What do I do to pull on the highest brain power available? What skills, what tools, what techniques do I do to affirm my progress toward this clear, specific, detailed outcome? Today's class in the premium training that follows. And then next week, we'll revisit the flip side of this. Well, what if the answer to the question, do I know what I want, is no, I don't. I wouldn't recognize it if it was right in front of me. How do I use creative thinking, critical thinking, intuition, more than instinct, to discern a goal? And then it becomes first kind of problem in some cases, but in other cases, oh, well, if that's the goal, then I can get it done. That's that's going to be an easy thing for me to do. Okay, uh, we just got a couple of minutes left. Why don't you close your eyes for just a second? Ah, take a nice, slow, deep breath and create and sense a feeling of relaxation in your body. Do that two or three times, slow, deep breathing, and feel a letting go in your body. And let's register our primary lesson for today. That asking, what should I do? I wish I knew what to do. Now what should I do? All of those to-do questions is an ineffective and inappropriate approach to solving a problem, unless I already know the answer. So first, what I must do is ask myself instead, do I know what I want? Ask that question now about a real problem in your life and see how it feels in your body to realize the answer. And then allow another problem to bubble up into your awareness, something real from your current life and affairs. And instead of asking, what should I do about this? Again, repeat, do I know what I want? Tell yourself, this is a new and better approach to solving problems. It helps me realize the only two problems are, I know what I want, but the problem is getting there, getting it, making it happen. Or the only other kind of problem, I don't know yet what I want. The goal, the solution, the answer, the desired outcome. Breathe and relax. Feel how it feels in your body to ask yourself the question, in this particular case, do I know what I want? 
if I have a goal, an outcome, a result, I can begin to move toward it. If not, I must first decide upon a goal. Even if I choose later to modify my approach and the eventual result. That'll be easy to remember. Take a nice, big, slow, deep breath, inhaling, and ah. Thanks for being with us. Be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. Hope to see you at the premium training in just a minute or two. And aloha from Maui, Hawaii. <laughs>